everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Showdown Podcast. My name is Jesse Jones, and on the show today, we have A. Smith Bowman, baby. That's right. We've got master distiller David Bach from A. Smith Bowman on the show. Him and I sit down, and we talk whiskey. We talk about everything A. Smith Bowman's got going on. We talk about how he got into whiskey. We talk about what 2024 looks like for them. Then we do what we do on this show. When we're talking good whiskey, we drink it. We're going to go have ourselves some Bowman Brothers small batch. What? We're going to have some Isaac Bowman port barrel. What? We're going to talk some John J. Bowman single barrel. What? Then we're going to go. We're going to talk about the experimentals. We're going to talk about that Abraham Bowman. We're going to talk about a little bit of everything under the sun today. And it is a good conversation. So I want to thank David for coming on to the program. He is a wealth of knowledge on all things whiskey. And I had an absolute pleasure talking to him for this episode. We go through the distillation process. We go through how Virginia's climate affects the barrels as they age. I can't say enough about this episode, guys. It really was a lot of fun sitting and talking to David. The enthusiasm that he has for the liquid is infectious. I could have kept talking to him for a while. Him and I were just sitting there drinking whiskey, having a good time. It's what this show's all about. So thank you, David, for coming on. Can't wait for everybody to hear this episode. And this episode, guys, is episode 96. As we march towards 100, we are now officially in the eighth season. As we get ready for the 100th episode, we've got some surprises along the way. I've still got a, a, there's a NASCAR driver waiting in the wings. There's politicians, there's authors, there's celebrities. I've got actors, I've got actresses, I've got comedians. I've got everybody lined up to celebrate the 100th episode of the Bourbon Showdown podcast. So having said that, if you would please go hit like and subscribe on all the things. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because that's how we keep this thing growing, baby. It's because of you guys listening and you guys writing in, letting me know the people making the good whiskey that you want to hear talk about said good whiskey. That's how we keep this thing moving forward. And on that note, without further ado, let's get this show started, shall we? It's A. Smith Bowman. It's David Bach. It's the Bourbon Showdown Podcast. Let's start the show. We've got David Bach from A. Smith Bowman on the program. Thank you so much, sir, for coming on. Absolutely. I really appreciate uh, the, the attention and having us on. So thank you. First and foremost, could you walk us through a little bit? Uh, who was A. Smith Bowman? Give us a little history lesson on the brand. Um, sure. So A. Smith Bowman uh, started uh, way, way uh, back in the 1800s. He was a farmer. And so he had excess grain on his farm. And so what he did was he decided, you know, instead of holding on to that corn and those grains, he'll turn it into uh, whiskey. Um, so he started uh, distilling uh, whiskey off of uh, his excess grains from his farm, which was kind of the uh, thing to do back in the day. And so from there, um, what happened was that distillery continued to grow and he continued to make more uh, juice and, and alcohol from that. Um, and then 
what happened, kind of the history of how it became to where we're at right now, is um, the farm, he sold the farm off because it was in Northern Virginia in a place that later became known as Reston. So he sold it to a gentleman uh, named Robert E. Simon who turned the area into Reston. And so that location became very crowded and a lot of houses around. And so they decided to move the distillery from that area, from that Sunset Hills farm over to Fredericksburg in the 1980s. Um, and so we got onto this location in about 82, 83, um, when we moved to Fredericksburg. And we've been here ever since. Um, and uh, in 2003, uh, Sazerac came in and uh, purchased uh, the distillery from Bowman Company. And they rebranded us as a craft distillery. Um, so then we really uh, focused more on the being like a center of excellence and a center of um, production where we think think more about the quality of what we're producing and how we can make the best spirit possible. I love that. And I, I love the ideology, like the history that ties into whiskey production is always one of my favorite things. I love the need. Like it was just that we we've got more than we know what to do with. We can't let it go to waste. What do we do? Let's make whiskey. And that's really what it was. You know, uh, my pops, he gave me a book and that book has all these recipes about what to do with excess grain and excess fruit. And that was just what you did. If you had a farm, you just like put it in your still because it was easier to transport. It was easier to to barter with or sell and, and it didn't go bad. And right. boom, there you go. And so that's what they would do all the time. And that was just the necessity and the easiest thing to do. And I mean, you're going so far back like like from when this thing first got off the ground like like whiskey was a currency like whiskey wasn't just you know for drinking ah, like you you that's right beaver pelts and freaking uh, jars of whiskey were were how you made your way through the winter sometime that's right that's right and it just it was just the and, and that's why you know what's the old joke is uh why do they store whiskey in barrels cuz you can roll it <laughs> <laughs> it's easier to move, right? Instead of putting in square boxes, it's harder to move. It's the exact same thing. It was just a logistical, easy thing to do. And it made the most sense. I love it. Uh, and we were talking before we got started. Uh, you guys are really like just people love this brand. Like when I told them you were coming, when I told a uh, couple of the producers you were coming on, like their eyes just lit up. They were super happy that we were going to get to taste through some of this goodness today because it really – in this landscape that we're in right now, where people are always on the lookout for that, like that new thing. And, and not you guys have been around for a while, but I love it when people find you because they always think they have found this like beautiful new thing to play with. And I get to tell them they've been around forever, guys. You're just catching up with them at this point. That's right. Um, you know that really speaks to my predecessors, right? They have been the ones putting this good stuff away. Um, Brian Pruitt, the previous master distiller, he really did a great job growing and, and putting down and laying down these barrels to make that really, really wonderful product that we're able to try right now. And again, you're right. We've, we've been continuously producing and continuously laying down um, this spirit to, to be able to have this kind of backing and to be able to play with and hold on to these barrels uh, until they're at their prime maturity. And now everything has been aging in, in Virginia. W what do you get out of aging in Virginia? Like what, what does the climate play? What role does the climate play in this uh, as you're aging in Virginia versus say a hotter or cooler state? That's uh 
So in Virginia, where we are currently located, we're on the Piedmont fault line, right? So we have this different cult, uh, climate than you would if you were to go to like Kentucky or somewhere right. like that, right? We get the we get the river uh, air coming in, and then we also have this kind of mountain that's holding all the the heat uh, escaping. And so what we have found, and also you know when we moved to this location in uh, Fredericksburg, this facility was not built to be a distillery. We took over the building. So a lot of our barrel warehouses are made from brick and mortar, right? They're not what you would think of when you think of a typical typical brick house that has the wooden sides and the open windows to allow the air to go through. We are really brick and mortar. Part of our barrel warehouse is under grade. Um, and so all those factors have, uh, all those pieces have factors into our aging profile. Um, and what we've found is that typically on our barrels, they come out, they, they, they come out at a much higher higher proof than what you would find in Kentucky. If you had looked at um, some of our, we, we recently came out with a cast strength, number three. Uh, we've released three of them so far. Uh, the first two were almost ha were hazmat proof, right? They're up in the 140s because that's what we can typically get barrels out at when they get to that age. Um, and again, that climate and then the ability to, to, to not have those big fluctuations and allow that temperature to kind of be more consistent throughout the year gives us this really lovely flavor profile that I think is accentuated in our Bowman Brothers product. Um, you get a lot of the, the the mellowness, right? So we don't really have to worry so much about how high we're stacking in our rick house or in our warehouses because the, the, the whole place is kind of insulated more than what you would find in a typical rick house. That's awesome. And, and, and yeah, that that is... Uh... I'm in North Carolina right now, so I know, I know exactly the climate you're talking about. I grew up at the border of Virginia, right at the foot of that mountain. Uh, so it's, it's, it comes through, I think like, like that different climate, you're getting a different liquid out of the end result, you know? And I, and I like it. And, you know, we also, we're storing our barrels on pallets. So we store them uh, vertically versus horizontally. I think that also plays with it. Um, I think that that, you know, allows for a tighter seal in that barrel to allow for less oxidation. There's less uh, surface area open to the air to allow um, for for less oxidation there as well. Um, so all of those factors, I think, are really uh, producing uh, the the great product that, like you said, people find us and and think we're, we're some new new place. But we've been out here making this product and making really really good good juice it's always fun like i try to let them get through telling me about this new thing they have found like i try not to like deflate them too quickly but then i'm like yeah yeah they're fantastic right go buy more <laughs> that's right that, i like that response thank you very much <laughs> Well, uh, do, do you ever are, are there any problems to uh, stacking them vertically versus horizontal? Like, I mean, I, I know that there are uh, every part of the whiskey process comes with its own hurdles. Are there any uh, do you have to work differently when you have them vertical versus horizontal? So, you know, I find it safer for my team. That's a really ah. good big part, right? So when you're rolling barrels, there's a lot of pinch points. There's a lot because those filled are 550 plus pounds. Right. There's a lot of weight that we're asking these team members to move around. But when we store them um, vertically like that, we're able to put them on a pallet and then just use forklifts to move back and forth. And so there's less areas for our team members to um, have those pinch point areas. And they're able to fill them actually from the top as well. Oh, nice. Um, that's 
So, so it really is safer for the entire team. Um, our floors are able to hold the weight of it. Um, so we haven't had any issues with that. Um, the only thing that's uh, a little bit more challenging is that um, because of how the barrels are constructed, you have that bung hole right there in the bilge. And right. so it, it, we have to really be uh, cognizant that we get that nice tight seal um, or else, you know, we have a little bit of loss right there. And that's really the only issue that we've had is just making our whiskey hunters or our, our leak hunters run around and make sure that everything looks good prior to it going into the storage. That's awesome. And tell me a little bit like I, so far, even from the conversation we've had so far, I can tell that you like you love this. Like it, it comes through in in the explanations that you're giving. Uh, walk someone who's maybe brand new to whiskey through the process. Walk them through how it goes uh, beginning to the bottle. I, I That's one of the main questions I still get from people is they. Uh, what is the, they, I think there's a mental gap between the thing I like and the thing I'm drinking. You know what I mean? Like they, they think it literally just, um, something happened. Now I'm drinking it. Like there's, there's a guy, he did a thing and now I, it's in my glass. Like <gasps> shed the light, shed some light for that for me. So, so my take on how it, it how distillation happens, right, um, is what we're going to do is we're going to take grains and based on what that grain percentage is, is what's going to be our mash bill. Um, so, you know, if it's going to be bourbon, you have to be at least 51 percent corn. If you're going to make a rye whiskey, that that rye is going to be above that. Right. So you're going to do more rye grain than corn grain. Um, so you take that mash and then what you're going to do or that corn and that those grains and you're going to break them because what I want is I want that long carbohydrate molecule. Once I have that carbohydrate molecule, I'm going to break it and I'm going to turn it into simple and complex sugars. I'm going to do that by cooking the grains, right? Um, so we're going to go ahead and cook those grains to get after that sugar because what I really want is a big sugary sweet mess. Once I have a big sugary sweet mess, I'm going to throw my yeast on top of it. My yeast is going to eat that sugar and turn it into booze and bubbles, right? CO2 and alcohol, ethanol. Um, and then the easiest way to get that alcohol out of solution is to boil it because alcohol boils at a lower temperature than water right um so we're going to throw it in our still and we're going to do um a stripping run the first run is called a stripping run right so you've made your your distiller's beer which is like your fermentation and it's all done and you're going to put it in your still and you're going to strip it um stripping uh is really just you're going fast and loud you're trying to get off as much alcohol as you can as quick as you can um what comes off is it's low proof it's called low wines um it's cloudy it's murky it's not what you think of when you think of good finished whiskey um what you you take that low wines and you put it back in the still and you run it a second time. Um, on that second run, that's when you're going to do your high wines run. Um, this is also when you make your cuts. You can make them on your low wines or your high wines, probably both. Um, but alcohol comes across in three phases. Uh, your heads, your hearts, and your tails. Your heads is your most um, volatile chemicals. Think like fingernail polish mover, stuff you don't really want to drink. You cut that out. Um, you save the middle of run, which is your heart. So that's your good whiskey. Um, you going to hold on to that. And then your tails is towards the end of the run. You get um, a lot of um, heavy oils. You get closer to the boiling point of water. It no longer really becomes efficient to run the still. Um, so what you then do is you take that hearts and you um, add water to it um, to bring it down to your barrel entry strength. We put ours in at 125. So we're going to take uh, water, add it to that uh, distillate and bring it to 125 and put it in the barrel. Um, once we put it in the barrel, we'll let it sit there and age. 
um, depending on the product, we'll let it age anywhere from four years all the way up to 10 plus years. Um, but it's the same grain bill that went from one to the next, right? So when you're right. sipping on Isaac or Bowman Brothers or John Jay, same grain bill that went all the way across. It's just the age statement and the finish on that Isaac, at least, on what we changed. Um, once we take it out of the barrel, um, we'll again cut it with water um, to bring it down to bottle strength. We'll uh, filter it, make sure there's no char pieces on that, and then send it right into the bottle. No color additives or anything like that. Um, and then once it's in the bottle, we provide it to the customer, and they hopefully enjoy it. There you go. That last part's where we come in, everybody. That, that that's last right. part, that, that's our part we play. I, I also I don't think the maturation period gets enough credit in the process. Like so much of that good flavor comes from the wood. Virginia, some of the best barrels being produced right now are coming from your region. And a lot of the flavor notes that are coming out of that oak, I, the Virginia climate has a lot to do with that. And uh, you are correct. W walk me through a little of the maturation process, if you don't mind. Um, I mean, the process is very straightforward, but it's hard to think about, right? And so all of the color and over half the flavor, you're right, is coming straight from that barrel, the wood that's coming in there, right? So we put it in crystal clear um, and then all the color and everything comes from it. That barrel is charred on the inside, which means they take a flame and they run it around the inside. What that does is it creates a layer of carbon on that wood. Um, uh, and, and, and what's happening inside that barrel is the alcohol is actually soaking into the wood through that carbon as the wood expands and then as it cools off and contracts it's being pushed back out so that that alcohol is going back and forth across that layer of carbon it's almost like your water filter at home when you pour your water filter to uh to to polish it you're polishing it over carbon we're doing the same thing inside a barrel but at a much larger surface area or smaller surface area relative to the volume of alcohol that's in there right so we're continuing to polish it and let it flow back and forth through that carbon um, as it sits there and ages. The other thing that's in there is right behind that layer of carbon is some sugar that was brought to the surface from the charring of the wood. And so it also picks up some of the sweetness from the oak that uh, lays behind that layer of carbon. And it's, it's, it's really, you know, you, we talk about ways to, to get barrels out faster and, and ways to get barrels to market sooner, but there's no, there's no Russian father time or mother nature when it comes to maceration, right. Or, or, or letting it age because you, you really can't, um, it really has to sit there and soak in and out of that barrel in and out of that wood through that carbon to get all those really lovely notes that have come that you're going to expect when you pick up a bottle of Smith Bowman whiskey. I've talked to so many people, and I'm sure you have too, that have tried to convince me otherwise, but there's just no way to fake it. The only way to have good come out of the barrel is to give it the time and the 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 quality ingredients that go into making it what it is. Like there's no there's no skip to the front of the line. And 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 you know, correct. And you can I understand the point or I understand why to try understand because, why. you know, yep. the, the distillation, you know, the, the being in the distillery business is about time. Right. Um, like I said, I'm putting out the guy that was before me, all of his barrels, my barrels won't be ready for years. And, and then uh, I won't be here for the rest of my barrels. Um, it, it really is about time and you have to be able to wait and, and wait for those barrels to mature um, or you're getting greedy and you're putting out subpar product. 
That's wild, isn't it? I mean, do you think about that often, that the barrels you're putting down right now are not going to be in a glass or won't be poured out for, for so long? Um, so I'll tell you this story, right? Um, there was a there was a master seller here named Joe Dangler. He was here for many, many years. Um, and so when we did our cast rank number two, um, one of the barrels that we pulled was Joe's last barrel. Right. And so I was like, hey, Joe, we're going to open your last barrel. You want to come in? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me come in. Let me come in. And so we brought him in. He popped the bung, you know, poured it out. And, and you know, and, 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 and when the blend was done, I was like, here, Joe, you know, your barrel is part of this blend. And he was like, you know, when I retired, um, it didn't really feel like I left because all my barrels were still in the warehouse. But this is sort of like my second retirement. Oh, wow. Because now all my barrels are gone and now I'm, now I'm out of here. I'm like, Oh wow. man, Joe, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> Perspective right there. Right. That's right. And that's really what it is. Cause he had been gone like 11 years Wow. and that, and then he was like, and then boom, his, his second retirement. So, that, I mean, when you think about it like that, that is, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, that, that you're affecting so much in your time as a master distiller which and that also makes me very thirsty do you want to you want to break into some whiskey with me we've talked about how it gets made and now i'm I'm, I'm also um a little teary-eyed thinking about the uh thinking about his second retirement (laughs) uh so you want to start with the small batch this let's do the small batch so this is about a blend of 20 to 24 barrels that we start with right uh what we what we do with all of our bourbon is it's triple distilled Right. So we're running it through after we get that high wines, we're running it through again. Um, and, and that's what really, I think, makes an even more floral notes what are coming across. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, on on my palate, uh, I get a lot of sweetness, a lot of sugar from that oak and that barrel. And uh, the finish is, is a nice coating of the tongue. It has it doesn't dry you out at all. There's some cherry in there and a lot of a lot of really floral floral notes that I get coming across on Spoon Brothers. It's really sweet. It's a great it's a great product um, for for the age and for what we're doing there. I think that this this Bowman Brothers really turned out very, very nicely. I mean, it's all right there. You're getting everything you want in a whiskey, and it's got personality on top of it. Those floral notes, the cherry is my absolute favorite part of it. It's got day sipper written all over it, and it's got daily sipper written all over it. Uh, It's interesting. It's complex. And you can have, uh, I don't want to say too many, but you can have more than a pour and and still get something out of the glass you know what i mean you're not going to scorch your palate if you go back for a few pours of this guy that's right and again that's what about being that 90 proof um it really is like an easy one it makes a great old-fashioned um it makes great cocktails you know you can do all kinds of versatile things with this it's at a lovely price point um and it's it's just a really great great bourbon very versatile and it's a good entry into the line of what we're doing here at a smith bowman a thousand percent and i i think again it's a chess game right uh i've been doing a lot of tastings with a lot of different levels of people as of late uh not only your clubs and some of your, you know, you do them all the time. I'm sure where people are like, I want the best and I want good and I want all the things. And normally those folks are your 
115 plus people like they're used to a high freaking proof point. That's that's exactly right. They want they want it to like almost scorch the palate. They want to be like, I'm tasting right out of the barrel. Right. I'm doing I'm doing this. And, you know, we we offer that in our gas drink. We can do that. Um, but if you want a daily sipper, like what you were saying, and and to go back to it, um, that's that's what we're looking at here. And that's what we were really aiming for with this Bowman Brothers was it's almost like it's almost like a, a big IPA. Right. They're great. But you don't want to have so many of those. Right, right. <laughs> and and I have found as I do tastings with people that are not at that hazmat level, that you can't take them there right away. It is a chess game. You've got to be marketing to a group of people that want whiskey that they can drink often, not yeah, just yeah. have that random pour to remind them of the – I love the IPA analogy because you're absolutely right. Like you, you don't want to overdo it and be a one and done you want to be able to savor it and get through the night so it, it's a wonderful freaking starting point for anybody just finding your brand and i mean from my standpoint it's on the shelf for when it's just you know a beautiful fall day and i want a cigar and sit outside for a while and that's exactly right like i want this to be enjoyed with you and your friends and your buddies and your family right i don't i want you to sit around and be able to pour this and have a finger or two of it and 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 not be you know uh floor it's it's a really lovely product that you can go back to over and over and it and it and it makes a nice nice all-round product very balanced everything has its place it's like uh and for 90 proof too, you wouldn't think this is 90 proof. The flavor that this thing packs into 90 proof is like right fricking there. And you said it at the beginning, the price point. That's why people are always, when they bring it to me, I'm like, yeah, why didn't you find this sooner? This is like fantastic liquid. And it's that, it's that Virginia climate too. It, it really shows up. It really shows up. Uh, and, and when you're trying this, if you've tried others around the state or others in other other areas, that it, it, it's a nuance that you wouldn't think shows, but it's it's there in this, and it really does make a factor. I'm a firm believer that like there's that connection you have with the geography that you're from. You know, I I always get more out of a Virginia and a North Carolina whiskey than I do other regions. It's like the same when you hear a music that's like. In, ingrained in the Appalachians and you're like, Oh yeah, that I don't know why I like this, but there's some part of me that's saying this is, this is good for me. I always feel that way about Virginia whiskey. Oh, that's great. I love to hear it. And so now you've been with, uh, tell me how, how did you get to whiskey? You you're, you're with these guys you're with, but where did you start? Like, how did you get to the dance? All right. So this is uh way back when, right? Um, so I was, uh, when I left college, I, uh, was a defense contractor. And so I saw where that life went and writing RFPs and RFQs. And I was like, I really don't want to do that. Um, but what we, what I did have was on the weekends, my family would get together and we would have big, big, uh, meals on Saturday and Sunday at my grandmother's house. And then, um, my uncles at the end of the game, I would teach them how I taught them how to play dominoes and they, uh, would bring out, uh, different whiskeys and scotches. And so that's where my real palate for, uh, whiskeys, uh, and, and alcohol change from college drinking, uh, to appreciation. 
right? right? And it was really about appreciating around my family and enjoying this time with them. And so when I realized I didn't want to stay in the defense contracting, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to be a part of this atmosphere and a part of helping make this happen. So I want to go make alcohol. Uh, my sister was, she was getting a master's degree down at Tulane. So I had a free place to stay down in Louisiana. So I went down to Louisiana and knocked on the door of a distillery and was like, can you guys teach me how to make alcohol? And they're like, yes, but you got to start at the bottom, right? right. So you got to answer those phone calls. You got to help with shipping. You got to, you got to give tours. You got to do all that piece. And then I was lucky enough to get into the back and start cleaning tanks and sweep and sweeping floors and mopping and doing late night uh, fermentation, distillations, all that kind of stuff that no one really likes doing those late night shifts, pulling those long hours. So I learned my fermentation back there. I was able to play around with the still. Um, and then from that, it just led to another opportunity, another opportunity um, to where um, the Sazerac house uh, was opening and they needed uh, someone to make Sazerac rye down in, uh, down in the, uh, like right up outside the French Quarter at the Sazerac House. And so um, I was able to bring that team and build that distillery up. And so we started making Sazerac rye out of that distillery. Um, and then the master distiller here at A. Smith Bowman, Brian Pruitt, um, he got a uh, promotion to oversee multiple sites. And so they brought me up from Louisiana to solely focus on A. Smith Bowman. And that's, that's awesome. How, yeah. So that's a lot of foresight for someone right out of college. You realize that immediately I'd rather be drinking than than contract, which to be fair, you made the right choice. Um, you know, when I told my folks, um, uh, they were like, what? Uh, all right. All right. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Was there a degree of could you have not figured this out four years ago when you? <laughs> After all that money was gone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could have tried to figure that out, but it really was, you know, about that atmosphere, about like we were just talking about, you know, you want to sit in the back porch, you want to have that enjoyable environment. And I was like, how do I do this? How, what, right. what aspect can I be in? And then once I got in, you know, you don't realize that there's so many other opportunities in the uh, alcohol business, right? Sales, marketing, home place. There are all these different avenues that you can get into and play around with and be a part of. Um, you know, I, I was able to find my my niche and what I really like to do and what I really like to focus on. Um, but that's not to say that there's not a variety of other things out there that you could, you know, you could you could experience in the in the industry. Of course, of course. And I think uh, all good distillers go through the process you went through. Like you've seen every aspect of it. And now when something goes wrong, you have a larger Rolodex than someone that has not gone through what you've gone through. It, it's the yeah, same uh, thing with a palette, right? Like you build your palette by time. You can't really force a palette. It has to grow. That's that's 100 percent correct. Um, you know, you can you can you can read about what it's supposed to taste like, but unless you're, unless you're going there and you're trying, it really does take a while to figure out what good is. Right. And so I've, I figured out what I like. Um, and I, and I know what, what Brian liked and I know, and there are, we're aligned on a lot of things. Um, and, and now I'm teaching my team here what I like and what we're looking for and what we're aiming for. And then I'll, I'll do different things aspects to 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 be more aligned with what i hope the finished product's going to be and we'll right. find out in, in years <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out in a couple years see. i was gonna say you're a young guy you've got you've got all the time in the world <laughs> <That is> right <laughs> so the um 
again, and now I just want to keep going. The uh, you want to go have a pour of the port with me next? Let's do it. Um, so you know, this is Isaac. Isaac is a port barrel finish. This is one of the most complicated. <laughs> products we make um because we are getting our barrels from portugal right so right, it's right so so we have to i have to figure out those logistics of how long it's going to come across we let the whiskey so what we do is we take about a four-year-old uh whiskey we pour it out and we put it into port barrels we let it sit into port barrels um anywhere from three to six months um after that we take those and we blend them together in a large wooden tank that we have called a fooder um, and so what we when we bought that fooder, we filled it all the way up with the uh, dumped port barrels and then we took half of it and sent it to bottle and then we filled more on top of it. And then we took some of it out to send to bottle and filled on top of it, almost like a Solera-esque style blending. Um, but that way it gave us a more consistent flavor through our Isaac um, to help blend those barrels together um, and, and give this lovely profile that you're tasting right now. Right. So with the Isaac, because it sat in those port barrels, you get a lot more um jam and jam and yeah. like um and flavors coming across that that really are are super super juicy and nice uh through this bourbon like a fig jam that's exactly right that's exactly right oh the nose on this thing man it is inviting isn't strong enough of a word like you're getting those stone fruit <laughs> notes shine through and and then you're getting it's you're right like, like jammy like a completely sugar dark fruit combo punch that just goes straight to the nose and 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 if you tried it against the bowman you you would notice like there are some there are some similar aspects but but that jam and that port did such a good job of mellowing the 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 whiskey out and, and providing such a lovely profile and again this this um whiskey is incredibly um complicated logistically to put out well um and 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 you really have to pay attention to every aspect to do it right not right. that i don't on other things but like i'm putting my nose in all the barrels all the wine barrels that are coming in to make sure that there's no off flavors no off notes because that's going to translate into a larger product and then if that larger if that larger tank is is off that's that's going to be incredibly challenging to try to to fix and try to get back and so you 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 really need to think and you and i and you really need to pay attention when you're doing something like this finish to do it correctly which i think we've done here and i think we've kind of showcased again we're really trying to show when you pick up a bottle of a smith bowman bourbon or a smith bowman product that it's an excellent example of the right way of doing things and it's straight from the like i love it when the nose and the palate are cohesive with one another now i know different strokes different folks different days different ways sometimes the nose is one way and the palate is a different way and you love that that is the, that is what makes it good but this one i love the fact that the nose ties into the palate and that it's going straight from jammy jam on the nose to a beautiful burnt sugar jam in the palate it is good fantastic I love that burnt sugar. You're right. That's exactly right on that finish. It just it's it's not it's not a burn, but it's it's, it's a burnt sugar flavor that's coming through, and it, and it really is so so nice. Another again, easy sipper, um, easy to to finish the day off on. 
And the texture of that port comes through at the end, right at the finish of the frickin' palette. You get this beautiful, like, mid-palette and front-of-palette, like a, oh, just that beautiful wine sugar coming through those stony jam fruit notes. And it's such a pretty color, too. I don't know if we ever talk about that, but the color is just so nice and a little rose tint to it. It's just mm-hmm. really, really pretty. And again, what is the proof on this guy? That's uh, 92? 92. Yeah, Good I was going to say 80, but I'm talking about something else. 92 proof. You guys pack a lot of flavor into, like, like this is gorgeous. And and 92 proof and this much flavor, I I dig it. I dig it so much. Thank you. Thank you. We're really, we're really proud of that. Um, that's one after, of our, our, the finish yeah. on this guy too. The finish is like, it's still like, like, Oh, it's right there. It just like the, the port sings through and you get that beautiful whiskey, sugar, wine, sugar, whiskey. Like it's like all the, Oh, very, very good. I'm going to, I'm going to steal some of these uh, things you're talking about. Mm. You're really not going to sell the park. <laughs> Well, like I told you, uh, I wanted to talk to you guys for a minute or two, and it is one of those when people come to me and they ask, where should I start? Like, what is a good thing for me to like start my own sensory journey? You guys are one of the brands I recommend because you're going to get the thing that you need when you're trying to figure this thing out, you know? That's exactly right. You know, there's so much, there's so much out there and there's right. so many products that it's 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 a little over it could be overwhelming and so it's nice to know um some reliable brands that that are can that are putting out good product um i mean you know i go to the liquor store and i see that volume of uh bottles and, and you know i have an idea of what what i want to focus on and what i want to try um but it's still it's still even for me it's it's a lot to to look at and so what, what i look at is you know what what style am i going to go for am i looking for a bourbon or a rye or a malt and then you know what if is there a certain finish that they're doing with those to try to try out and try to um try to see what kind of is neat and that they're going for. So it's all, it's, it's a lot out there. Um, but again, we always try to put something when you see it out to be the, the, the best product possible. Well, and you guys do it a smart way. You put out your core expressions and then you've also got these awesome experimental expressions that, that if you like the first, you're going to love the second, you, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the rum, your rum finished is fantastic. And for anybody that's like trying to grow into that secondary finish, like they're looking for a bottle, you've got the rum, you've got the port, uh, any, any other experimental coming out that you can share with me? Maybe, uh, some other secondary finishes. (laughs) No, we're not going to tell you what's coming. Uh, (laughs) I can try. uh, I can try. I got stuff working. You're right. Um, but again, we're going to sit on it until it's ready. Right. Um, we're going to sit on That's it right. until it's ready until I figured out how to make it the best I can. Um, and, and, and so we have a line that's called our Abraham, our oh. Abraham Bowman. Um, it is our experimental line. And so as long as we're experimenting in the vein of whiskey, it'll come out as an Abraham. So um, there's a lot of barrels here that we're, we're going through and we're tasting and we're trying different things and we're really trying to push the edge on what would be the next 
next thing coming or what we think is going to be um, an interesting piece, which is hard to do because you're 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 trying to forecast what you think the market will want. Right. And and so it's it's a challenging piece, but we got a lot of uh, different things going for it. Um, and you're right. We did a rum finish that turned out really well. We've done some some wine finishes. We've also played around with some uh, mash bills and some different types of wood, um, different types of barrels. We brought a bunch of uh, barrels in. And so there's there's stuff aging. Um, and I hope to get uh, one out you know, at some point, um, that's as much as you probably should say about that. Um, but we, we've got stuff and I, and it's, and I'm just, I'm sitting on it because you're right. I don't, I want to make sure that it's at its peak maturity and ready, ready to be released and ready to, to, to wow and showcase what we can do. I love that answer. The patience is part of the game. It's tough. It's a real hard part, but you know, you learn your lesson and, and you keep, you, 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 we're trying to do it right. I was thinking about this when preparing for this interview, the, uh, what do you think a Smith Bowman would think? What, what do you think about, what, what do you think the, the man that started the entire thing would think about the current landscape? Um, cause back in the day it wasn't like, like, you know, it was currency. You took what you had left over, you distilled it, you aged it, you drank it, or you traded it. Like, like right. what would he think of the industry that has grown around this? I mean, I think any farmer would think it would be an odd thing, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. they're like, you know, no, I just have my still on the back of my farm that I'm going to make make alcohol to because it's I can trade it for other things and I can buy other pieces. Um, I think that he would I think he would be honored that we would we are putting what we're doing with his name. Um, by the products that we're putting out. It's one of those things because it, it, it is like a time warp. It is the previous generation, like not even the previous generation, like generations ago and and how even in the last 20 years, look at the boom that we're in right now. Look at what was taboo to do in whiskey, even in like the early 2000s. You had people getting completely lambasted for finishing, putting things in a finishing barrel. Remember the first, uh, when those first wine barrel offerings came out, those people were being like, like don't drink it. But then people realized how good it was. And now every it's industry standard. Like, like it's, it's, it's come so far from where it started that I think it would either, I think you're right. It would be, uh, awe inspiring to see how far it's come and also probably completely foreign to what was being done on the farm hundreds of years ago. I think, I think, you know, he would, he would love the passion that we're putting behind it and what we've learned so far, right. Of course. On how much we've, we've come through and how, how dedicated and how much, you know, it, they talk about it being an art and a science and it really is. And I think he would really be very interested on in how much science actually goes in to making sure that we can put out a consistent product over and over and a consistent, um, good product that, right. that meets all the, the markers for what it needs to be. So the, 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 the tasting and the um, the uh, organoleptic part of it is very strong, but the science behind making sure that the stills making the right cuts that we're getting as much as we can out of our our distillations are, is another aspect that I think would be very interesting um, for the amount of passion that um, we put into it 
um, and that you know our fans have for the products that that have this name, right? Uh, it's 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 great and it's awe inspiring and it just inspires us to continue to make better and better products. That's the other part, right? Like like when when we were growing up, there were, and again, it goes back to the college versus post college development of your palate. But even when I was growing up, my father had like. Two brands, maybe, maybe two brands that he was just defiantly loyal towards. And now you have an entire like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, the whiskey shelf was a back corner of the liquor store. And now when you walk in, it is the whole wall. Like it is absolutely insane how far the industry has grown over the course of the past 25 years. And and to think of where it started, where you had an overlap of or an excess of grain and you didn't want it to go bad over the winter. So you used that ingenuity of that, that human, in, you know, entrepreneurial spirit. And now here we are. It, it's It's just mind blowing if you think about it. It is. And, you know, it's 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 such it, again, it's 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 a lot of passion. It's a lot of passion passion. behind the brands and it's a lot of passion of people wanting to see what we can do, wanting to see what, what's available out there and what, what can is possible in this, in this, in this whiskey uh, style of uh, distillate. That's exactly right. And that brings us to the big boy, the single barrel. That's right. So this is our John J 100 proof. Um, each one of these barrels, I I, I, I make sure is okay. I, I'm testing and I'm tasting each one of these barrels prior to it going out, giving it my approval. Um, and, and, you know, I really do take a strong um, uh, feel for this one um, because it does take so much um, dedication to making sure that it's right and, and ready prior to moving on and, and going into the bottle. Well, if you ever need an assistant, I am more than happy to taste every single barrel before it comes out. I'll gladly, I'll, I'll put, I'll roll up my sleeves. I'll put in the work. I was doing it today and we were, we were running through them today and I was like, man, this is, this is tough. It's good. Uh, but this is, this is getting a lot. <laughs> but in the back of your mind, you were also thinking this is so much better than defense contracting. <laughs> That's right. No, not, not having to spend those long nights writing RFPs and RFQs. Yeah, I, I, I gave up on that one. Um, but the John Jay is really great. Um, again, because we are going up in proof, it is a little bit more spicy and peppery. Um, a lot of the barrels that we hold on for uh, for this age limit or this age statement is um, is, is going to be spicier, but you're still getting a lot of that sugar, a lot of that sweetness that's coming across. Um, that's that's getting you a lovely mouthfeel and coating your tongue and some great, great like um not not leather but there's uh it's it's it it, you know there's not a ton of smokiness coming across it really is a lovely lovely uh uh single barrel bourbon it has been one of my go-tos for the past month i would say uh it has completely you can't find it anymore and that's the best compliment i can pay you uh i've got little places that literally i think my sister, she's the one she's like, um, don't you like the green one? I'm like, I do. I like it a lot. She's like, all right, I picked you up a couple. I'm like, oh, she's going to hate it that I made her sound that Southern that just then she, she, 
if you're if you're listening, I I, I know, I know it's for effect. <laughs> but it is. It's it's so freaking good. And it's all of those everything that you liked about the Bowman brothers, like spinal tap turned up to eleven. And, and yeah, I, I realize that we are having it is harder to find more recently. And, I'm you know, I'm, I'm making it every month, um, but I'm, I'm not making more than I need to to uh, that my barrels can handle. Right. So we're, we're still dedicated to that, to that, making sure that everything's ready prior to it going out. And it is it is a lovely compliment that that I get so many emails requesting where can they find it. Well, it tells you you're doing it right, you know. We're trying. We're we're really trying here, and we're we're learning every time uh, through through each week uh, in each barrel. The John Jay has a weight to it that is everything we've had so far in terms of those core foundation materials, and then you get it's just amped up. It is it is you get the you're right you get a little bit of the pepper you get a little bit of tobacco you get all those things when you take the flavor profile of those sugars and you have them at that concentrated level of a foolproof it is absolutely delicious well you know thank you very much um i wish i could you know take credit for putting it in the putting it in the barrel but i was not you know this is brian pruitt's brian pruitt's uh you know, finished barrels that, that are that are coming of age now. And that he did a really great job. His dedication to quality off that still and his dedication to to those barrels really are shining in what this product is coming out with right now. Um, and, and having my ability to play with such good juice is because of what he did. Well, that's humble of you to say, but, you know, you're you're right there with him. You're going to be putting out the 10 years from now, you'll have the David Bach that somebody you'll still be there. You'll, you'll be able to like, uh, you know, it'll be yours. Oh. And it's your, it's <laughs> yours right. now. You're putting in the work, my friend, <laughs> putting in the work, trying to do the best I can and trying to make this great product and continuing to make it a great product because you know, it, it, it's really, it, it, it's a great, it's a great, um, we have a great lineup and this is, you know, the core of it. And, and, and we're, we're only going up and we're only trying to do more and great good things. So that, yeah, like I said previously, when you reach for that A. Smith Bowman brand and bottle, you, you know that it's going to be a quality product that we put a lot of hard work and dedication into making. That's exactly right. And it was the sentiment that brought us into this conversation that takes us out where you, you were telling me how you can't put it out till it's ready. You have to be patient. You have to go with what's right for the product. And that's why it's as good as it is. So I, I think that this is a absolutely gorgeous lineup of whiskey. And it I can't I can't wait to see what you do next. I can't wait to see what comes in 2024 and beyond. When are you when are you coming up here to see me? When are you coming when are you coming to Virginia? We do we do complimentary tours every day of the week at our home hey. place. Um come see me. I'll let you I'll let you smell the barrel warehouse. We'll, we'll walk through. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm around here most days. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm, I'm from uh, my family's the other side of the mountain on Cana, Virginia. I'm booked in Virginia all the time. I'm touring right now, so I'm sure it will bring me through. And you guys heard that right there. I heard tour and I heard free. Did I hear that right? That's absolutely right. Every day of the week, come see me. 
Uh, it's a complimentary tour and tasting. Oh, um, we change up on. that tasting, so you get to try all kinds of different stuff. We do some gins, we do some vodkas, we do some really great stuff um, outside of bourbon um, as well. So yeah, uh, uh, on the hour starting at ten to five. I love. It's going to sound weird. I love a good gin pairing when I'm going through a whiskey tasting. It's like a beautiful, refreshing, aromatic change of pace after you just had like one or two or three. Like it completely opens up that second side of your sinus and allows the palate to like get a little more, you know? We do some good stuff. I got some I got some Tinkerman's Tinkerman's gin, which is really, really nice. So yeah, come on over. We'll let you we'll go through them. Hey, you guys heard it. Let's all make a trip to Virginia and we're gonna go visit A. Smith Bowman with David Bach. Thank you so much for your time today, sir. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you. And now you've made the mistake of inviting me. So you'll never get rid of me. You'll never get rid of me. Let me know the next day that you're uh, when I the offer stands. Next time you dump some of this delicious single barrel, I'll be sleeping out front and then probably sleeping in the parking lot afterwards. We'll run through those barrels. <laughs> All right. Cheers, buddy. See ya. There you have it, everybody. That is this week's episode. I want to thank David from A. Smith Bowman for coming on to the show, for sharing some of that delicious whiskey with us. It was a great conversation, and I appreciate the time. He's a wealth of knowledge on whiskey, and I could have sat there and talked to him for hours. It's just, you know when you're talking to somebody and you're like, dude, if we were in person sharing pours, this would probably end seven or eight hours from now. We'd just be at the distillery tasting through all the things. It just, I, I can picture it in my head. And David, it's going to happen. You made the mistake of inviting me so now you're gonna have to deal with the ramifications of that when i show up and for everybody listening you can show up as well if you're in fredericksburg virginia stop by it's a free tour with a free pour of good whiskey that's a no-brainer right there that is time well spent so stop by the distillery say hello go to the store and get yourself a bottle get yourself a bottle of the single barrel the port barrel the small batch you will not be disappointed it is a phenomenal spirit to start your whiskey journey to continue your whiskey journey to heighten your whiskey journey They're, they've got something for every level of whiskey drinker and i can't thank them enough for coming on to the show as we get closer to episode 100 this was episode 96 guys 96 episodes of drinking whiskey of raising glasses and kicking asses it's been a phenomenal time so far and we've got more in store for you as we march towards episode 100 so tune in next week for more whiskey same whiskey time same whiskey channel we ask that you go hit like and subscribe on all the things leave us a five-star review leave us a like leave us a follow do whatever you need to do to enjoy listening to this show and we will continue putting it out for you if there's somebody i've not talked to yet that you want me to let me know if they make good whiskey i want to talk to them and that's it for this week, guys. We're going to get on out of here. I've got a couple of these uh, A. Smith Bowman bottles I need to crawl into for a minute or two. Maybe smoke a cigar, sit on the back porch, just enjoy the whiskey in the day. So for that right there, I'll see you next week. Let's raise a glass and kick some ass. I'll see you guys on down that whiskey road. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.